interrupt this program to bring you a special news for the future. It's time for a So this is the Tavern Cat Special Bulletin for the week of July 4th, 2006. This is Aloysius. And this is Cromley. How to buy computers, components, and or electronics. Brought to you by Newegg.com. Now for an actual testimonial from an actual Newegg.com customer, let's hear from Dane. Service so quick you'll cry like a just-kicked baby. Whoa! Let it be clear that Newegg.com does not support the kicking of babies. I've been shopping around for computer parts and I noticed myself referring back to Newegg. The online computer component and electronic superstore that does not support the kicking of babies. Not because the prices were comparable to board because of the amazing return policy, I kept referring back to Newegg.com. Caring nurturers of babies and low prices. For customer reviews. So I ordered my components. I barely stood up from my desk before my package was at my doorstep. Thank you, Dane, for that disturbingly descriptive testimonial. For huge selection, great prices, and fast shipping on computers, components, and electronics, go to NEWEGG.com. Once you know, you Newegg. So Crowley and I took the the weekend, the long Fourth of July weekend, and went to the Origins International Gaming Expo in Columbus, Ohio, which is more of a tabletop tabletop RPG, RPG miniatures, not computer games like all the other gaming stuff. Everything but computer gaming, but uh, well, and not gaming like like uh, gambling either. <laughs> no, no. Although they <laughs> like I board games, some... war games, miniatures games, LARPing, all that kind there of stuff. There was some Texas Hold'em stuff there and that kind of nonsense, but uh, they probably just misread the yeah, <laughs> the yeah. flyer. So it was uh, it was a pretty good time. Uh, that's staged in Columbus, Ohio, every year, and it's uh, kind of an annual thing we we go check out. One of the things they had there was the semi-new now, but something we haven't talked a whole lot about, the World of Warcraft board game. So let's take you to the floor of the uh, convention center in Columbus, Ohio. For the interview, we were able to snag with uh, one of the reps from... Fantasy Flight Games. Fantasy Flight Games and their World of Warcraft board game. Cromley and I are here at the Greater Columbus Area Convention Center for the Origins International Gaming Expo. We're on the exhibit floor right now at the Fantasy Flight Games booth, uh, and they've got the World of Warcraft board game. And we're talking to Dan Clark, who is the self-professed marketing goon, <laughs> who's going to talk to us a little bit about their product, the World of Warcraft, the board game, and also some other products he's going out. Hi, Dan. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Tell us a little bit about the company, first of all. Fantasy Flight. Um is, uh, well, I think we're about a 10, 11-year-old company now. We do board games. We do role-playing games. We do collectible card games. We're coming out with this collectible miniatures game in the near future. And uh, World of Warcraft, a board game, marks our second collaboration with Blizzard. We did a Warcraft board game a few years back. It was very well received. Uh, actually, the designer of that, Kevin Wilson, is somewhere around the booth here today. Is that actually the one that was the Warcraft 3 game that came out? Yeah, or, or it, was it was based on Warcraft 3, and it that. was a kind of a area control um, war game. 
I remember that. That was a, good, that was a pretty good game. Um, this World of Warcraft, uh, we, we came out with this uh, around Christmas last year. It's doing very well for us, obviously. Uh, it's World of Warcraft, how could it not, you know? And it is also one of our big box games. We have uh, a couple of these huge widescreen games now that are just full of all these cool pieces, all these cool models, and a really high production quality, a really in-depth, rich, exciting game. Well, we'll post some uh, pictures of the game up on the up on the forums when we get done with this broadcast. But I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing spread on this table that we're looking at here. Yeah, we're uh, really happy with it. We got like 136 models, I think, all 16. We got 16 different playable characters here, and they each have their own uh, finely sculpted model. I'm really, I really like this uh, shaman. She's looking pretty uh, badass there with her mace. And we've also done uh, all these hero models. We have uh, done in bronze. We have these limited edition uh, World of Warcraft bronze hero figurines that we have. We offer them as part of a pre-order promotion. It was really popular with the board game. And so we, we tweaked them a little bit to, to make it an, un, an unlimited run um, in quantity, not, not, not in uh, time. They're only going to be available for the rest of uh, until March of next year, I think. But they're um, these awesome figures of all these World of Warcraft heroes that we're really happy with. Uh, and, of course, you can play them in the game if you want to. Well, and the figures are, just so everyone knows, they're very, very faithful to the game. I mean, the, uh, they look almost exactly like the character models in the game, actually, in, in almost every way. If you take a look at our, our monster reference sheet here, I'm pretty sure this, 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 all these images we have on the sheet are retouched screen captures yep. straight out of the game. And this is the reference material we used we hand it over to our sculptors. Uh, we did something similar with the heroes. We started with the uh, reference material straight out of the uh, screen caps, straight out of the, the uh, online game, and then we massaged them gently to um, look even cooler and get, them, yeah, get really that nice poses. And now, when you guys were doing research for the game, did you did you actually play World of Warcraft oh, a decent yeah, amount? Of absolutely. Um, this game came about because our uh, our CEO, uh, Christian Pearson, who also is the designer of this game, is a big fan of uh, World of Warcraft Online. He started playing that, and uh, my understanding is that within a couple of weeks of first playing World of Warcraft Online, he decided that he wanted to do a board game version of it. He, uh, this game is made by people who absolutely love uh, World of Warcraft Online, and it is uh, quite faithful, as far as a board game can be, uh, to that spirit and to that experience. Uh, you can see here this map is of the area from uh, Hillsbrad, Foothills, all the way up through um, Terracefall Glades and the Eastern Plaguelands. We've got the Hinterlands over there as well. It's basically the northern part of the Eastern Kingdoms is yeah. what we're looking at. Uh, it's also the Kingdom of Lordaeron, basically, is, is what we have here. So you know, a lot of the cards will reference so the Beasts of Lordaeron and things like that. Yeah, that's the setting for our game. It's a setting both rich in history in Warcraft lore and also, coincidentally, has an uh, appropriate range of low-level and high-level stuff. Excellent. So it really suits our purposes for that. And all this all this stuff here is going to be familiar to people who are fans of the game, right down to our little Murloc models. I love these little guys. Every time somebody sees one of these, they got, they got to make that, that, that Murloc horrible. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we, we love the Murlocs. <laughs> Give us a, just a, a, some basic information about how, like, a, a, a simple intro as to how the game is played, what, okay. what you do. And... I'll, I'll give you the spiel, then. Uh, this is a team-based adventure game. This is a horde versus alliance uh, uh, race here. What you're trying to do is be the first team, the first faction, to defeat the Overlord. Now, there are three different Overlords that come with the game. Right now, I've got Kel'Thuzad set up. 
Here's over here in Strathholm. I guess since the patch is actually floating above Strathholm. Right, correct. In, in Next Ramos. Um, and he's going to sit there in Strathholm, and through the event cards that he adds to the event deck, uh, here's one right here, he's going to spread the plague and unleash horrible monsters throughout northern Lordaeron. Uh, and you, of course, have to stop him. You've got to be the first faction to stop him. Each overlord plays a little differently. Uh, my personal favorite is Nefarian. Now, obviously, Nefarian's way down there in Blackman Lair on the online game, but that's not on our map. So we, we transplanted him to Overlook Cliffs here in the uh, eastern hinterlands. He starts the game there, and then he starts marching across the map. And oh, when cool. he reaches the bulwark here, right, uh, right near the Undercity, the game is over. The two teams have one last chance to stop him. If they fail, Nefarian tears through the bulwark, burns down the Undercity, and destroys civilization northern Lordaeron as we know it. So <laughs> Nefarian can actually win the game. There's no guarantee that the players will be the ones who win. Cool. Uh, the last overlord we have is Lord Kazak, who starts hidden somewhere on the map, and you have to find him before you have any chance of bringing him down. So there's almost like three different victory conditions or win game. Yeah, yes. there's like three different games almost. Yes, it really is. It's very much three different games uh, with these three different overlords. It's also a different game depending on which character you choose to play. We do have 16 characters that come with the game. That's uh, every race and every class that's available in the online game. Um, they all have their gorgeous portraits here by uh, Jesper Elsing, and um, they all have these finely crafted uh, models that I was talking about before. To give you an idea of what we're looking at, the, the, the sheets for the characters almost look like the character tab in the game or the character sheet that you're used to, complete with the tabs for your weapons and items and uh, spells, etc. Uh, the character sheet is sort of your, your control console for this game. You're, what you're going to be doing over the course of the game is equipping uh, new and different powers and equipment onto your character sheet. You only have so many slots. You have to make some uh, hard decisions about which ones you want to have, which ones you want to put away uh, for a given fight. And you have many different options. Every character has this character deck. I don't remember exactly how many cards are in it offhand, but I think it's about 24 different powers and talents that you have to choose from as you level up. Now, in this game, you're going from level 1 to level 5 instead of level 1 to level 60 but each level here is about 10 in the online game, so you can actually go from a lobby to epic level over the course of a single play session. How long would a typical session be, too? Uh, about two to four hours, depending on how familiar you are with the rules, how many players you have in the game, and, of course, which overlord you've chosen. Uh, I have seen Nefarian end the game on turn 13. Uh, <laughs> the game usually ends closer to turn 30. But Nefarian, well, he's coming for you. You don't have a lot of options. <laughs> these, these different characters and these different abilities, that's really the heart of the game in my mind, is choosing how you want to build your character. Uh, particularly with the talents. You only have four talent slots, and you have, I think, 12 talent cards to choose from as you level up. So you have to choose the best ones for you. And there's many different viable ways to build your character, to build these combos that you can un you know, unleash lots and lots of uh, damage with. The game focuses around these eight-sided dice when it comes time to, to fight in combat. So most of your powers have to do with adding dice to your pool or modifying dice in different ways. And you can build some really nasty combos where you know you, you turn a three-plus into an eight, and then you spot that eight to activate this other power and roll some extra dice. And then you spot those dice to get energy back so you can do the combo again next turn. And you can build really, really powerful um, combinations out of any of these characters. And of course it unlocks and becomes even more powerful once you get two characters together in a group. You know, the priest and warrior combination is really, really vicious. 
because the warrior can take all the damage, the priest can heal him up, and of course, if the warrior takes damage, he can get energy back and get more and more powerful. So it's very much like the game then, that the running in a party or running in a group or playing together as a group is going to be a lot more powerful than you singly going against another player, etc. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, there is a little bit of a limiting factor there. This is fundamentally a game where you're trying to level up faster than the opposition. Now, when you, look, when you fight as a group, you're going to have to split the rewards evenly between the two or three of you, however many are involved. Sure. So it's safer to fight as a group. You can, you can tackle bigger challenges, which might have much better, better uh, rewards. However, if you're going to fight singly, you're going to level up more quickly. Unless, of course, you die, in which case you go down to one health, one energy, go to the closest graveyard, and you lose a turn. So you don't want that to happen if you can avoid it. Now, what's the total object of the game? The total object is to be the first faction to defeat the Overlord. If nobody defeats the Overlord by the time uh, time runs out, then the final outcome is determined by a big PvP brawl. So the Horde and the Alliance are going to duke it out, and the last faction standing is going to be the winner. All right. What's interesting to me is that you've worked in a concept that the actual ga the online game doesn't have in that... You know, you've got Nefarian marching in and being able to actually change things in the game uh, yeah. negatively, or, you know, you can take them on and change it positively. But that's that's pretty cool. That's a dynamic that the actual online game doesn't have, and we've always noted. Yeah. That, that's one of the advantages we have working in the format that we do, which is a board game. Uh, this is a game that is going to last a couple of hours, and then it's going to be done. A persistent world like Mamog, if they have Nefarian march in and then either destroy the Undercity or not, well, then they have to totally change everything. It's a huge, a lot of players are be unhappy with it. It's a huge problem for them. For us, we can have these big climactic events, and then you either win or lose, and that's it. The game's over. We can try again later in a new game. The other big advantage that we have is you can go from uh, small to large over the course of a single session. Uh, you can And you can try this with all these different characters over the course of several different games. So it's a little bit less of a time commitment than a lot of these mods are. Plus the whole face-to-face -face aspects. Uh, something that, that these online games can't really match. Now, as far as the future goes, there's a lot going on in the uh, in the whole Warcraft world now. Uh, they've got a movie coming up. They've got a collectible card game coming out. Is there any? Uh, what's your future looking like with this franchise? Well, uh, we have one expansion already at the printer, um, getting ready to come out in a couple of uh, months here. Uh, that one's called Shadows of War. And, uh, or Shadow of War, possibly. I don't call it the singular or plural. Um, and that one has to... It, it focuses, uh, again, in this, in this area of Lordaeron. Um, it's going to add a whole bunch of new options to the game, new powers and talents in every single character class, several of which do nifty things in the middle of combat, like uh, you can rearrange your character in the middle of combat when it's new expansion. Um, it's going to add new quests, uh, new game concepts like the Destiny deck, which are these huge, sweeping, epic events, the sort of thing that, that you love to do in the online game, but of course it always resets, and uh, no, no final, no uh, long-term changes are made, but here in the board game, of course, that's, it's, it's a different story. Uh, so we have at least one expansion already at the printer. We have others in the works. I don't know how many or when they're going to come out or what the titles will be. And, of course, we're also currently working on the StarCraft board game. So oh, we, are, we are continuing to work with Blizzard on, on new products. That's the World of Warcraft board game. It uh, is a very faithful representation of the game, uh, right down to the artwork, the character design, even the way the game looks. So uh, go check it out. Give us a URL where we can look you guys up. You can look us up at fantasyflightgames.com. That's all one word. 
And uh, it shouldn't be very hard to find a link from there to our World of Warcraft board game page, if only because it's almost always front page news for us. There's always something going on with World of Warcraft. We'll look forward to getting the game here sometime in the future and doing a play test and talking about that too. So, Dan, Dan Clark from Fantasy Flight Games, thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys for coming and talking to us. And enjoy the game. pretty cool. Yeah, actually, it looked pretty cool. I mean, I, I do like those kind of board games. I was a big fan of Talisman back in the day, which I know you've never played, but it was a similar idea where you had a character and you just went around the board and, you know, it's a pretty basic game. This looks like it's way more complicated oh, than that. Yeah. Uh, to but, give you guys an idea, I mean, the layout of this game, it's not don't think, you know, Candyland or something. Oh, God, here. It's no. not just yeah. a board with a couple of pieces. It's a board with about a million pieces. Yeah. Well, plus about a million, a million or cards. 150, depending on how you count. Yeah. <laughs> plus a bunch of cards, plus uh, you basically have like a character sheet. It's pretty faithful to... It's about as close as you can get to playing World of Warcraft as a board game. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I was surprised at yeah. how close it really was. We haven't got a chance to actually play it, so we can't really talk about it. Yeah, we're know. looking to try to get a playtest in here sometime in the future, so yeah. hopefully we can give you our our take on it, but from what we could tell... It looked pretty cool to me, and it looked like it'd be the kind of thing that, like, if you have some friends over who are all Warcraft fans, you could, you know, break out the board game and some beer and have fun for a few hours. You know, you're still doing something Warcraft-related, even if you don't have computers around and, and whatnot. So. The coolest part for me And when me the power really... goes out, you can play exactly. Warcraft still. <laughs> the coolest part for me was how the, you know, they would have, like, the uh, the objectives in the game. Yeah, they And how quests. the objectives could, yeah. you know, basically change the world and, mm -hmm. and end it, which is not something that, you know, obviously can happen in the, in the MMO. Yeah, well, they had quests that are to, I assume, level up your character, and then they had, like, three different, like, overall game... Well, you'll hear about... You, you heard about in the interview, but, you know, the bosses that you have to defeat, which looked pretty cool. It gives you some replay value that you wouldn't otherwise have if it was just one, you know, endgame scenario. So. so if you get a chance, pop up to their website and check it out. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, looks cool, and look for a report on it in the future, assuming we can get our hands on it. So another thing non-Warcraft related that we we saw at the convention was the Mythic Entertainment's oh yeah preview of the forthcoming Warhammer Online World of Warhammer World of Warhammer <laughs> yeah so I mean we know it's not related to Warcraft but we thought uh, you MMO junkies might be interested in in our quick play test that we had with the game uh, so we'll just give you some quick is like ten minutes standing at a computer with a company Overseer. rep uh, hovering over your shoulder. So. Yeah, they didn't want you to go to certain places, and, yeah. and etc. Yeah. So, my first impression was is that it looks great, and it, it plays great, but basically because it's just like the World of Warcraft. It looks very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Warhammer world already looked quite a bit, if you know anything about Warhammer. It had the same kind of cartoony, overblown uh, style as World of Warcraft, so you know for for that reason alone they're going to look a little similar. But even like the interface and the colors oh, yeah. used and everything, which I suppose is a good thing. I mean, why reinvent the wheel if Blizzard did such a good job and you can get away with it? It, it lets, if nothing else, it lets someone who maybe is burned out on Warcraft and wants to play another MMO easily switch into this one with a minimum of you know whatever. So. One thing they had in the game that I thought was kind of an interesting idea was that as you would fight, kind of like a warrior 
uses rage, these, mm-hmm. these points would accrue. And at certain, like, say, 25% of points, you get a, a power. And I didn't know if that was, like, a racial power or something you could get out. And yeah, I'm not sure what that was points. either. But, but you'd, you'd get a power. So, say, at 25%, you get the ability to, like, burn someone, right? At 50%, after being hit and accumulating these points, if you don't spend them, you get something to, like, you know, freeze an opponent or something, right? Yeah. And so you would keep building up these things. Now, these are over and above your regular powers that you were able to use in a bar, pretty much just like Warcraft. So it was kind of, that was kind of a neat idea. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else they had. They had, um, it, it looked like it was a very, I mean, it, the, the graphics engine was obviously up and running, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of tweaking of powers and abilities, because that seemed kind of basic right now. Well, yeah, one thing I did, AI and you know, did you notice, I mean, there was, a, there was a point there where I was getting attacked by some bat or something, mm-hmm. and the rep says, uh, you're under attack, and I'm looking at the screen going, I yeah, am. Yeah, I think there's some animations sort of missing, there. and yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of, but, you know, it, it's, I don't even think it's in public beta right now, so this was an no, alpha, not. you know, version of it, so I think the graphics look good, and oh, it's hard to have too much of an opinion just yet, except that it is awful Warcraft-y. It's very Warcraft-y, I mean, it makes me wonder why... I mean, I don't, I'd hate to say this about Mythic, but it makes me wonder why you would want to play this, because it's so similar. They've taken the exact same approach, basically, yeah. without the polish. Well, I mean, maybe there'll be some gameplay elements that weren't in the in the demo that will be beyond what, what's in Warcraft. But, um, yeah, you're going to have to have better gameplay to beat Warcraft right now, something that Warcraft doesn't offer, because you can't just make a clone and expect people to switch. Well, and for those that may not like the whole Elite Kitty culture, I think you're going to get more Elite Kitties for that game than you do for even World of Warcraft. You might, yeah. Because it's like the, uh, you know, the orcs are called Dubois. Mm-hmm. There was something with the goblins that was all kind of... Yeah, they have something like that. I, I'm not a huge uh, Warhammer guy, so I don't know a whole lot about it, but they have like this whole like lingo. But that's really only for the orcs and the and the goblins, I think. Um, I think like the humans and stuff are just, you know, your standard fantasy crap. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of a just a rough impression we had on Warhammer after checking it out. It, it was good to look at. Yeah. Had a great sky. The sky moved all the time. Clouds yeah. looked really effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're talking about, you know, a year or two in advance of graphics on that game that's about to come out versus Warcraft. And uh, obviously, we still think Warcraft is the King Daddy. Oh, yeah. Mac of no doubt. the world. No doubt about that. Rounding things up, the only other piece of information we can convey, and it's not really all that new at this point, but for those that may not know, the realm transfers are now available to selected realms, uh, and that they are the paid transfers that they've been talking about. Which is $25, right? $25, right. And which I think is a perfectly reasonable yeah, price. Yeah, it's not bad we at all. We were thinking it was going to be like 50 mm-hmm. somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah. You know? So... You know, after after all that talking about how I was looking forward to a realm transfer and wanted the realm transfer, when mm-hmm. it finally comes down to it, after all this time spent of not having the realm transfer, I mean, maybe back in the day I would have done this, like a, yeah. a year and a half Six ago. Six months ago or but something. But now, I'm not so sure I'm going to transfer anything now. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. You know, the problem is is that if we were to transfer any of our characters, their alliance and the pod people is basically a horde guild. So and while we I don't think I'd use them that. anyway, so I spend the money. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. It's almost like you'd have to commit to then playing two two characters all the time. And while I know some people do that, 
Cronley and I do quite not. Quite successfully, but yeah. I don't have the time to keep up even with one character as much as I probably should. So. But for those of you that want you know, more characters on, on a friendly server that you're on or in a guild that you've grown to like, the character transfers are open. They're 25 bucks, and Go they're for only it. for Check selected realms at this point, but Blizzard, I think, is going to expand it to all the realms. They're just yeah, sort of they have some, their time. Well, and they have some rules. Like You can't transfer from, I think it's a PvE to a PvP server. Correct. But you can go the other way. But what they don't, they don't want... They don't want you leveling up in a in a easier basically environment, environment yeah. without any worries of ganking. Sure. And then take all your your kitted out character over and go to the over PvP and start and beating down those people. Yeah. So. Although I would say if you don't have any PvP experience, period, you're going to you be at a little bit of disadvantage anyway. PvP yeah. server, you're in trouble. Anyway, you're going to have but, some fun. Yeah. Although at least at least you'll be a level sixty. You won't have the difficulties yeah, of leveling exactly. in a PvP exactly. server. So. So that's going to wrap it up for a very short Taverncast special bulletin, popping you information from Origins Gaming Convention down in Columbus, Ohio, and some other stuff. And that'll yep. be it for this week. Visit us online at the website at www.taverncast.com. Sign up for our forums. Uh, please leave a donation if you like our show. That's what keeps us going. You know, That's how we can keep doing a show. And uh, check out warcraftinsider.com if you're also looking for our blogs or other uh, Warcraft-related information. Since it's July 4th weekend, I thought I would leave you, instead of our usual sign-off music, with uh, kind of a neat treat for those of you that are at all interested in the uh, uh, American history and the uh, reason behind the July 4th celebration here in the U.S. It's a dramatic reading of the speech that Patrick Henry gave to the Virginia Convention on March 23rd, 1775 in Richmond, Virginia. And to those that might know, that is the Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech, which preceded the American Revolution and ultimately is the uh, reason for the uh, Independence Day celebration in America. So here without any further ado is George Flynn playing Patrick Henry, from the Words of Freedom CD, which you can find at wordsoffreedom.com. Cool. See you next time. No man thinks more highly than I do of the patriotism as well as abilities of the very worthy gentlemen who have just addressed the house. But different men often see the same subject in different lights. And therefore, I hope it will not be thought disrespectful to those gentlemen if, entertaining as I do, opinions of a character very opposite to theirs, I shall speak forth my sentiments freely and without reserve. This is no time for ceremony. The questing before the house is one of awful moment to this country. For my own part, I consider it as nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery. Mr. President, 
It is natural to man to indulge in the illusions of hope. We are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth and listen to the song of that siren till she transforms us into beasts. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be of the number of those who having eyes see not and having ears hear not the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst, and to provide for it. I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know of no way of judging of the future but by the past, and judging by the past, I wish to know what there has been in the conduct of the British ministry for the last ten years to justify those hopes with which gentlemen have been pleased to solace themselves and the house. Is it that insidious smile with which our petition has been lately received? Trust it not, sir. It will prove a snare to your feet. Suffer not yourselves to be betrayed with a kiss. Ask yourselves how this gracious reception of our petition comports with those warlike preparations which cover our waters and darken our land. Are fleets and armies necessary to a work of love and reconciliation? Have we shown ourselves so unwilling to be reconciled that force must be called in to win back our love? Let us not deceive ourselves, sir. These are implements of war and subjugation, the last arguments to which kings resort. I ask, gentlemen, sir, what means this martial array? If its purpose be not to force us into submission, can gentlemen assign any other possible motive for it? Has Great Britain any enemy in this quarter of the world to call for all this accumulation of navies and armies? No, sir, she has none. They are meant for us. They can be meant for no other. They are sent over to bind and rivet upon us those chains which the British ministry have been so long forging. And what have we to oppose to them? Shall we try argument? Sir, we have been trying that for the last ten years. Have we anything new to offer upon the subject? Nothing. We have held the subject up in every light of which it is capable, but it has been all in vain. Shall we resort to entreaty and humble supplication? What terms shall we find which have not been already exhausted? Let us not, I beseech you, sir, deceive ourselves. Sir, we have done everything that could be done to avert the storm which is now coming on. We have petitioned, we have remonstrated, we have supplicated, we have prostrated ourselves before the throne and have implored its interposition to arrest the tyrannical hands of the ministry and parliament. Our petitions have been slighted. Our remonstrances have produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded and we have been spurned with contempt from the foot of the throne. In vain after these things may we indulge the fond hope of peace and reconciliation. There is no longer any room for hope. If we wish to be free, 
If we mean to preserve inviolate those inestimable privileges for which we have been so long contending, if we mean not basely to abandon the noble struggle in which we have been so long engaged, and which we have pledged ourselves never to abandon until the glorious object of our contest shall be obtained, we must fight! I repeat it, sir, we must fight! An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. They tell us, sir, that we are weak, unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when shall we be stronger? Will it be the next week or the next year? Will it be when we are totally disarmed and when a British guard shall be stationed in every house? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs and hugging the delusive phantom of hope until our enemies shall have bound us hand and foot? Sir, we are not weak if we make a proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. The millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess, are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations, and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave, Besides, sir, we have no election, if we were base enough to desire it. It is now too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable. And let it come. I repeat it, sir. Let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death.